Let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. In the Song of Solomon, the most important word, though I am not saying the word is used in the Song of Solomon, I have not looked to see. But the theme of the Song of Solomon is communion. That sweet communion that should exist between Jesus and his people. The entire book is to tell us of his delight in being with us and in the delight he wants us to have in being with him. Whatever sweet communion and fellowship the bride and the bridegroom had in the Song of Solomon is exactly the type fellowship and communion that God wants his people to have with him. He reminds us of three things very quickly and briefly. Three things in introduction. First, he reminds us that he loves to do things with us. He loves to do things with us. Uh, that's why he loves the Lord's Supper so much. He wants us to sit at his table with him. That's why he wants us to be soul winners. One of the great reasons why God delights in us being soul winners. Why? Because Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, Paul says it to the young preacher. And in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So the thing, the work that the Father does and the work that Jesus uh, does is the work of redemption. Now, if he can get us to join in that work of redemption, he's as happy as can be because we are working with him. I, um, I recall, though my father and I were not close together, and though my father was not a converted man and not a, not a real moral man, nevertheless, when I got out of the army, the paratroopers in World War II, I went to work with my father. He laid oak floor for a living and put up drywall, mostly laid oak floor, and I started laying, laying oak floor. And though Dad and I had never been very close, he was so pleased that I, I was working with him. Just for about a year and a half we worked together, and Dad was so pleased. And it got to the place where I could lay more oak floor than Dad could. Well, I liked that very much, but Dad liked it very much too. And folks that come on the job, they call my dad Curly. Dad didn't, he, <laughs> you won't believe this. Get ready for a shocker. Hold on to your seat. You won't believe it. Get, uh, if you have a heart, heart trouble, take a nitro pill, quickly. <clears throat> My dad didn't have much hair. I know that comes a great shock to you, a fellow loaded as, as, like I am. But uh, uh, my dad was like, like I am. He had, uh, he had uh, a lot of hair out over here, and he combed it across his head. Maybe someday I'll have to do that. I don't know. But uh, he combed it across his head so, it, so it, we couldn't see all of his baldness, you know. And, and what he had was curly, very curly. And so they called Dad Curly. That's what they called Dad. Now, the first nut that calls me Curly is going to get it right between the eyeballs, I bet you for sure. But uh, they called him Curly. And they'd come around the job. We'd be laying old floor. And they'd say, Hey, Curly. And they called him sometimes Pop. Hey, Pop. Hey, Curly. Um, who's, this, who's this working with you now? He said, That's my boy. That's my son. Well, is he any good? And Dad always liked to tell him, He can lay more old floor than I can. He can lay more than I can. He can lay sometimes eight squares a day. That was 800 square feet a day. And eight squares a day, sometimes he can lay. and never lays less than four squares a day. He, Boy, he's a better old floor than I am. And I used to hear my dad say, hey, That boy there, young man, that boy, he can lay more old floor than any man in this county can lay. 
I very humbly say he was right. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, why? He was happy. Why? Because his son was entering into the work with the father. Ah, oh, that makes the father happy too. When the father looks down and sees you going soul winning, he said, oh boy, he's, he's, he's doing the same work as dad. This is God the Father and Son now working together. This is God the Father and Son incorporated. God delights to do things with you. But then he reminds us in the Song of Solomon that he likes to do things not only with us but for us. We are his delight. He likes to do things for us. Why, when he saw us coming with the first gleam of faith, he rejoiced. When we, when we got to him, he called all of his friends and neighbors and said, Rejoice with me, because my son was dead and now is alive. Our father has made it so he cannot be happy alone. He will not eat unless we eat. He will not drink unless we drink. He loves to be with us and do things with us. He loves to do things for us. But that isn't all. He loves to do things to us. He loves to do things to us. He loves to bless us. He loves to give us things. As a mother loves to feed a baby. As a mother loves to dress a daughter. As a father loves to teach a son how to throw a baseball. As a lover loves to stir emotions and the object of his love. As a gardener takes pleasure in the growth of his choice plants. And as the doctor delights in a cure, so our Lord looks down and says, I delight to do things to those who are my own. You see, he loves you. He likes to be with you. I don't know why. We're not much. We're sinners. At be- the, be- the best of us is not much, but our Father delights to be with us. Now, he lists four things, and I want to call your attention to these four things very quickly, and I mean it quickly. Usually when I say very quickly, it doesn't mean very quickly. But when we meet down here at 5 o'clock and I say very quickly, it means very quickly. Or I'm going to have basketball players coming down the aisle dribbling uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Now, there are four different things mentioned in Song of Solomon 5.1 that he loves to eat with us, that I think have a spiritual significance. For example, he mentions myrrh, he mentions honey, he mentions milk, he mentions spice. He says, this, this bride, bridegroom says something like this, uh, yeah, we're in the garden together, and we sure enjoy each other's company. Ah, we, uh, we enjoy the myrrh together. And what else? Oh, we enjoy eating honey together. And what else? We enjoy the milk, uh, drinking milk together. And what else? We enjoy the spice together. Now, in these four things, we have a picture of what God enjoys doing with us. In the first place, he enjoys the myrrh. Myrrh represents bitterness. Myrrh represents the bitter hours. And our God is saying to us tonight, through this passage, I love to spend the bitter hours with you, too. Um, I think he's saying that he wants to go with us in the operating room. When the surgeon's knife is so imminent, God says, I want to eat and I want to be with you in the hours that are bitter. I think he says, I want to walk the hall with loved ones who wait anxiously outside while the surgeon's knife is piercing the flesh of someone very dear on the inside of the operating room. I think the father says, I'm not just made to enjoy the happy times. I want to enjoy the bitter times. I want to enjoy the myrrh. I want to enjoy the difficult times. I want to sit with you at the funeral home. I want to walk with you to the grave. I want to help you with your financial burdens. I want to sit by you when the baby is sick. I want to stay with you in the rest home. I want to be with you when you're a senior citizen up in years. God is simply saying he wants to share the bitter with you. Isn't that wonderful? God wants to be with you in your bitter hours. 
I, uh, I didn't know that was true for a long time. I preached for a number of years before I had any bitter hours. I'd never felt the, 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 the awful pang of bitterness. I'd never tasted the awful bitter of the myrrh. I'd never know what it was to face the wall. And then suddenly a message came uh, that my father had died with a heart attack. And he wasn't even sick. No forewarning at all. And I went to the funeral home, the O'Neill funeral home in Dallas, Texas. And I, uh, I looked at his body. And I knew that unless something had happened miraculously that uh, my dad was not saved, that he wasn't in heaven. And I said, I'd preached so often. I had stood it in funeral homes and said, God will give you strength, and God will be with you, and God will give you help. I knew that was true. I didn't know it. And I recall when I reached out with my hand and touched the cold face of my father in, uh, in, in death, and, and, and how my heart was breaking into it just seemed like, honestly, I could almost feel it on the inside. It seemed like that starting with my feet and thing, hands and going all over my body, there was a supernatural strength that God gave. I want to tell you something. I know God is with you in times of bitterness. The Lord says, you're my own. I love you. I want you to ask me to join you in the bitter time. But there's a second thing the Lord mentions here, and that is he mentions honey. He says, uh, I, as the bride, love to be with the bridegroom. First, myrrh, the bitter hours. But second, honey. What does that mean? The sweet times. God wants to share the sweet times with you. Say, you know what God wants to do? He wants to be with you all the time. God wants to share with you everything you do in your life. If, it's, if, you're, if you're sick... He wants to share that with you. If you're well and happy, He wants to share that with you. If you're on the bottom, He wants to be on the bottom with you. If you're on the top, He wants to be on the top with you. That's what the writer meant when he said, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. God wants to share the sweet time. He wants to be with you. And He wants to be proud of you. When you walk across the platform... And they call your name, and you get that high school diploma or that college degree. God wants you to come and be with him a little while. God wants to be with you at the wedding. He doesn't want you to forget about him at the wedding. Oh, you have the, 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 the shower, and you have the rehearsal, and you have the, what do you have at the end of a wedding? Uh, reception. <laughs> and then if you have time, you have a wedding also. And, uh, and uh, the, the excitement and the thrill and all that. But don't forget the Lord. The Lord says, I want to have the honey with you too. It's easy for us to come to Him when we have the myrrh. Everybody comes. Folks come to my office. I, I ask them, what can I do for you? And everybody has a problem. One person one time, now don't, don't everybody do this because I haven't got time. But one lady came in one time, made an appointment three weeks in advance. She came in. She's all dressed up. I said, what's wrong? She said, nothing. I said, what are you here for? She said, they tell you that nothing's wrong. I just want to tell you, everything's all right. My husband hadn't left me. My kids were all well. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, so far in debt. We can't pay our bills. The house isn't on fire. Nobody's got cancer or pneumonia. Everything's okay. I just want to come by and tell you. I didn't tell, didn't ask her, but I want to ask her, what you're wasting my time for. Uh, not quite. But the Lord knows you want to come to him. You call on him when you get in trouble. But the Lord wants you to call on him when you're not in trouble, too. God wants you to say, Dear Lord, be with me when I'm, when I'm taking, tasting the myrrh, the bitter hours. But the Lord wants you to, be, to call him into your presence also when the sweet times come. God wants to be with you when you have the baby. 
God wants to help you pass out peppermint sticks. Not cigars. Peppermint sticks after you have a baby. God wants you to tell him. God wants to be with you in the happy hours. The engage, when you get the engagement ring. When you have a new house. When you buy a new car. God wants you to enjoy things with him. One of the sad things. Listen, one of the sad things. I know how he feels. I know how he feels. Um, preachers call me all the time. Got a call while I go. And I got three calls one day last week. And a preacher flew all the way up from Mississippi this week just to talk to me. Why? They're in trouble. They're in trouble. And I, every week of my life, I talk to dozens of people who are in trouble and folks get in trouble. They come to the preacher. But uh, sometimes a preacher will pick up the telephone on Sunday afternoon and call me long distance or maybe on Monday or maybe send a telegram. He'll say, Praise the Lord! Had a big day yesterday. Just wanted to share it with you. And God wants that too. God doesn't want you. When the baby is sick, you come to God and say, Oh, God, make my baby well! God wants you to come to him in the middle, middle of the night sometime when the baby is not sick and say, Lord, thank you that my baby is well. He wants to spend the happy hours with you too. I recall when when David graduated from high school, our high school here, I, of course I was pleased. I guess you know anybody, most most anybody can graduate from high school, but it's still an accomplishment, and you're pr- we're proud of our kids. And every old crow thinks he's the blackest, you know. And so I, uh, when David graduated, I uh, I wondered where he was. I wondered where he was, and somebody said David's in, in the certain in the groom's room there off the chapel, and the, I went in the, in the groom's room, and he was alone. And I said, what is it, son? He said, you're the greatest dad in the world. Now, what was it? He wanted to share that minute with me. And that's what the Lord Jesus says. The Lord says, when you win the victory, let me share it with you. Don't leave me in the shadows. Bring, bring me out in the sunshine. Come to me when it's bitter, but come to me when it's sweet. Come to me when you're in the shadows, but come to me when it's noontime. Come to me at midnight, but come to me at high noon. Come to me when it's cloudy, but come to me when the sun shines. Come to me when you have nothing, but come to me when you have everything. Come to me when you think you're bad sick, but come to me when you think you're real well. Come to me. God wants to share the honey with you, too. But there's a third thing. He says, um, the myrrh and the honey. And then he says, the milk. The milk. I think that represents... Hey, anybody here um, uh, have milk today? Who had some milk today? Raise your hand, would you please? Who has milk every day? Raise your hand. Do you really? I haven't had a glass of milk in 15 years. That's for calves and babies, and you classify yourself. But anyway... Uh, what is he saying to milk? Everybody drinks milk, except me. I drink uh, carrot juice, but everybody drinks milk. And uh, But uh, why, why does he say milk? I think he says we, we, we were together during uh, with the myrrh. Uh, that means we suffered the bitter together. We're doing it together uh, with the honey. That means we, suffer, we enjoyed the sweet together. But he said we also drank milk together. What does that mean? It means God wants to enjoy the routine with you. Lady, listen to me tonight. Do you know the dear Lord wants to be with you while you make up the beds in the morning? Do you know God wants to be your companion while you wash the clothes on Monday? you know God wants to be your companion while you fix breakfast in the morning? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord. You don't have to say, How are you? Because he's always fine. But uh, say good morning, Lord. Ah, it's good to be your child this morning. 
Lord, help me to know what to fix for breakfast. He says, fix the same thing you, only you got in the refrigerator. Fix it. Uh, Lord, Lord, give me strength for the day. Lord, uh, be with me today. And as you tend to the children, you enjoy his presence and your fellowship with him, and he enjoys that. And, uh, and as you uh, uh, maybe clean the house, and as you dust the furniture, and as you wash the dishes, and as you dry the clothes, and as you fold the clothes and put the clothes away, if you just say, Lord, Lord, it's mighty good to be your child today, and the Lord would say, I'm so glad to be with you. I enjoy it so much. Oh, one, one night, about midnight, the um, phone rang on Sunday night. And I said, hello. And, uh, no, it wasn't on Sunday night. I got in awful late, about midnight, and, and the phone rang. I said, hello. And uh, it was Becky, and she said, Daddy. I said, Becky, what is it? Is the baby okay? She said, yes. I said, wonderful. I said, are you okay? Yes. I said, wonderful. I said, is Tim okay? She said, yes. I said, oh. And, uh, Mrs. Smith, I didn't either. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said, Becky, what, what's wrong? She said, nothing wrong, Daddy. She said, um, uh, I've been having trouble with Trina today. That's the baby. She hasn't been a good girl today. And she said, Daddy, you always knew how to, how to, how to take, how to treat the kids. And, and Daddy, she said, I just wanted to hear your voice. I just want to, I need some help. And she said, Dad, Trina has thus and so that she's done today. Now, what do you do with her when she has thus and so? I suggested she drown her, but she didn't like that idea very much. And, uh, but uh, she said, Daddy, what do you do? And uh, now, nothing wrong. She just won't talk to her daddy. Don't you think it'd be a wonderful thing if you get up in the morning, housewives, and say, Dear Jesus, I want to spend some time with you today. And just be with me now. Now, Jesus, just be with me while I wash and while I iron and while I cook. Same thing for you men. God wants, God wants you to include him with the steel mill when you go to work tomorrow morning. God wants you to take him to the office with you. God wants you to talk to it. Listen, what a tragic thing it is to be with God all day long. You never say a word to him. You never listen to him. You never chat with him. You never ask his help. You've got the omnipotent God at your resource, at your fingertips all the time. And God, God delights. And so he says the two lovers come to the garden. And they, there's the myrrh together, that's the bitter time. And there's the honey together, that's the sweet time. And then there's the root, the milk together, that's the routine time. Young people, God wants to be with you at school. God will help you take a test better if you just include him when you take the test. God will help you when you play a basketball game. God will help you in a football game. God will help you in, in school. And uh, God wants you to include him in the routine. He wants to sit and talk. He wants to look at the sunset with you. He wants to go to the store with you. He wants to mow the yard with you. He wants to feed the baby with you. He wants to take the test with you. He wants to get a haircut with you. And a lot of you folks need to go with him about that. And uh, he wants to take the garbage out with you. Last Sunday night, the rescue mission men went out to mow the, mow the yard at the parsonage. And they'd gotten... Uh, that also gotten uh, um, the, the leaves that, that got, you know, what do you call the thing, catch, catch the leaves with? The leaf catcher. <laughs> and and uh, 
I'm always using big words. But uh, a leaf catcher. And, uh, and they had put them in these big bags. And I guess there must have been 25 bags of leaves and grass. And guess what it did last Sunday? It rained. That makes it even heavier to carry the garbage out. And they had it all stacked up way back in the yard. Why don't the dirtiest, stupid rescue mission men carry this stuff out there for the garbage man? And uh, so I got home. And it was late. It was midnight, I guess. And uh, 25, I guess, bags of leaves, and it was sopping wet, and it was drizzling rain. And uh, I thought, I wonder how long it's going to take me to take all this stuff out there for the garbage man. And I thought, whatever it is, I think I'll just spend it to spend some time with the Lord. And I took a big old uh, sack of garbage out that left, and I said, Lord, take the garbage out of my life and take all the filth out of my life. And, Lord, let me be clean, and let me be all you want me to be. The dear Lord wants to include, be included in the routine. He wants, to be in, he wants to talk with you and walk with you. And so the Lord says, I want you to include me in the myrrh, the bitter. I want you to include me in the sweet, the honey. I want you to include me in the routine, the milk. But then he says, we also enjoy the spice together. What does that mean? God wants to enjoy the special times with you. He wants to walk across the platform with you at graduation. He wants to go to the locker room with you after you win a game. He wants to rejoice with you in the victory. He wants to be with you when you get to discharge from the army. He wants to be with you when you get promoted on the job. He wants to be with you when you get a raise. One of the sad... Listen, listen. There are people in this room tonight by the hundreds who just lived your life like there were no God all week long. I'm with Dr. John Rice a great deal. And uh, Dr. Rice talks. He'll be talking to the Lord, nobody will know it. And I'll hear him groaning back in the back seat of the car. And I'll look back and see if he's well. And he says, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. And I'll hear him sometimes just talk. Somebody's talking. He's carrying a conversation. He'll talk to the Lord a while and then talk to us. Lord, uh, uh, Lord, thank you for today, Lord. Yeah, Dr. Howes, that's right. How, how was yesterday, Dr. Howes? Lord, help us today. Uh, he's not listening to me. He just asked me a question and talks to the Lord. I get a little, I get a little, ups, a little hurt about it because he's talking. I mean, we're together there, and he talks to the Lord when he talks to me. I'll get him. I'll start praying, too. But uh, uh, Ma Sunday said you couldn't tell whether Billy Sunday was talking to you or, or the Lord. He'd walk down the street and just talk to the Lord all the time. And uh, Ma said, he'd talk a while to you, talk a while to God. And it may be sometimes that, uh, that, 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 that a three-corner conversation. You'd be talking, and the Lord talking. And he talked to God, then to you, and the Lord, you tell her, and Lord. So, and then his Sunday would pray in a big meeting like this. He'd say, Lord, I thank you for the great meeting we had last night up there. And, and Ma always sat on the platform in his revivals. He'd say, Ma, where was we last week? She said, we were in Detroit, Paul. Yeah, Lord, thank you for the great meeting we had in Detroit. Lord, bless us next week up yonder in... Ma, where are we going to be next week? She'd say, in Sioux City, Iowa, Paul. Yeah, Lord, bless us in Sioux City. But Lord, bless us tonight here in... Ma, where in the world are we tonight? And uh, uh, just, 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 uh, Lord and Ma and Ma and the Lord. Just a common routine thing. That's what the dear Lord is saying here. He wants to be with you at breakfast in the morning. He wants to be with, be with you and chat with you while you drive to work. Include him in everything, in everything. Oh, Pappy Reveal, got the Evansville Rescue Mission. 
He'd go fishing. Little bit of crippled fella, little short crippled fella. He'd go fishing. And he'd say, Lord, I haven't got about 30 minutes here. Now I'm your pet. Lord, put some fish over here on this side of the boat. Quick, quick, Lord, quick. And uh, folks who fished with him said, the best thing you do is put your hook over there on that side of the boat because there'd be fish over there and Pappy just pull them up. I've had preachers tell me that Pappy, would, that they'd be fishing on this side of the boat and Pappy would be over here. And Pappy would say, Lord, I'm your pet now. Put some fish over here for Pappy. I'm in a hurry. And uh, he'd pick him up. And so the fellow would put his pole over here on this side of the boat, and Pappy would go over here. said, Lord, now over here! And he started pulling him up over here. Why? Because the dear Lord said, Pappy likes to be with me. Dr. Rice said he was with Pappy Revia one time. He walked down the stairs and came to Pappy's office, and Pappy had a bunch of bills all laid out across the desk here. And he said, Lord! <clears throat> said, uh, these are your bills, not mine. I pay mine. What are you going to do about yours? By the way, Lord, I'd like to know about that, too. <laughs> when you answer, Pappy, tell me. Uh, and, uh, and so Dr. Rice stopped and, and began to be a little critical in his heart and said, Lord, said there are $2,000 in bills here. They're yours. They're not mine. Now, all my bills are paid up. He said, look at my checkbook. If you don't believe it, look at it. Mine's okay. Now, these are yours. What kind? It's going to be a big stink in this town if you don't pay your bills. And Dr. Rice said he criticized him and said to himself, he shouldn't do that way until a fellow walked in out of, the, out of the blue sky and gave him a check for $2,000. Last Saturday night, I had to have $5,000. I had to have it. I had to have it. Not for myself, but for the work. And there was no place to get it. And it, it, it had to come in. And I prayed. I prayed off and on to 2.30 in the morning last Saturday night. I told the darks this after the service Sunday morning. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, I've got to have 5000 Lord, I can't take it out of the budget. We don't have any extra money. Lord, I've got to have 5000 There's $5,000 I've got to have. And I prayed till about 2.30 when I finished preaching last Sunday morning. I walked out this door, walked down to that door right there. Before I walked in the door, one of our men walked up and gave me a check and said, use it any way you want to use it, a check for $5,000. And when Alvin Dark and Mrs. Dark came in the room, <laughs> I was crying and clapping my hands. <laughs> and, and they said, Mrs. Dark, she, she, her handkerchief was just sopping wet. And she said, this is more than a one, one handkerchief church around here. She said, you've got to bring two actions when you come here. And she, said, and she looked at me, and I was crying and rejoicing and praising the Lord. And they said, what is it? And I told them, I said, just got my prayer answered. I prayed last night. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Listen, you say, you actually believe in all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure I believe in it. Hey, what you do? What you do? You just check and see. No, nobody, nobody is going to hang around my office very long unless they find out there's a God. You know why? Because when we have need, I recall that day, <clears throat> we had to have $5,000 in the worst way in the world. Oh, how bad we had to have five. And back yonder in those days, 5000 was was 50000 now. Sandy Plopper is my secretary. And I said, Sandy, I'm going to be in my office. I'm going to pray all day long. And I paced the floor. And I said, God, we've got to have $5,000. We've got to have it. Oh, God, we've got to have it. And uh, so... Uh, 4.25 came, and the day ends at 4.30. I'd ask God to give it to me by 4.30. 4.25 came. I've been begging God for $5,000. And uh, Sandy buzzed me and said, Brother Hiles, the pastor said, this, an old man wants to see you. 
I looked out the door, and he's an old, white-haired man who wasn't dressed very well, and he had dirty trousers on and dirty shoes, and looked like he wanted to go to the rescue mission. And, and I said, I can't see him. She said, okay. But I got feeling bad, and he started to walk away, and I said, send him in. And when he came in, I said, yeah, Lord, you blew it, didn't you? Yeah, you blew it. It's 425. And I said, I... You know I served you, and you know I've given everything I have to you. And Sandy Plopper is walking up and that pacing her office saying, Lord, it's not right. You shouldn't treat him like that. Now, you know, Lord, if anybody loves you and tries to do what's right and gives everything he's got away, it's you, and you're not treating him right. And I said, Amen, Amen. Listen to her. Listen to her. And uh, the fellow came in. He told me they lived over in Joliet. He said, by the way, this is about 4.15. He said, uh, Dr. Hiles, he said, Pastor Hiles, he said, my wife died, and I'm so lonesome. And he said, I'm just about to lose my mind. And he said, he said, uh, Dr. Howes, he said, somebody over in Joliet, the other side of Joliet, told me there's a fellow over in Hammond, Indiana that could help you. And he said, I came all the way to ask you to help me. I told that old man about Jesus, and he got saved. At 428, he walked out of my office. Two minutes. And didn't have the $5,000. I called Sandy. I said, Sandy, I, I thought I'd have it. I don't know what we're going to do. Somebody knocked on the door. I went to the door with that old man. <laughs> he looked like he didn't have a dime. He said, Reverend, I forgot something. <laughs> I also brought you some insurance money for my wife's insurance policy. said, could you use this check for $5,000 in the work? Uh, good night. I took my shoes off and danced and shouted and praised the Lord. Why? I'll tell you why. God will take care of people who will include Him in everything. Don't just be with God on Sunday. Be with Him all the time. All the time. All the time. I am... Um, he wants to enjoy the spice with you. The special. The milk. That's the routine. The honey... That's the sweet. The myrrh! That's the bitter. I recall when um, our church, the first time, was acclaimed the largest Sunday school in the world. Strangest thing. And Dr. Towns gave me that plaque, and the service ended. I ran as fast as I could to my office. You know why? Huh? Because I wanted to share it with the Lord, that's why. The Lord says, don't forget me. Oh, Dr. Billings, it's so easy to say before the service, Oh, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And then God helps you, and after the service, you go out and get a hamburger and some french fries. Disgusting with God. Don't you think when a man gets before God and says, Oh, my God, help me when I preach. Help our church. Help this revival. And God does help. And the victory comes. Don't you think God wants you to come be with Him by yourself for a while? And let, and let Him enjoy the victory with you? I am. Uh, some of the highest hours I've had have been in the pastor school on the Thursday night service. And I've... <laughs> I hate to tell you this. I don't ever told you this or not. I, I, I haven't thought about myself in a long time. But, but I was praying. I was praying for, a, for the service on a Thursday night and begging God to give us a miracle one Thursday night. So I went to, to, the, to, the, to the restroom, and I, uh, I, I was changing clothes and putting on a different suit. <coughs> so I, 
I hate to say this, Lord, you know I don't mean to be unkind. This is rated X. But uh, I, put a, I, I, I put everything on but my pants. And I was praying all the time, Oh, God, bless these preachers. Oh, God, stir the preachers and these thousand or two thousand preachers. Oh, God, save this nation and shake these men of God tonight. And I was crying and praying and begging God. And I, so I took off to go to the door and had my Bible under my arm. And I thought, I don't have a thing on. Something's not on. And uh, But I was praying all the time. And, and, I, and so I went back, got my hat, put my hat on, took off. And I almost walked the pulpit without my pants on. Now, you know why? You know why? Because I was begging God and begging God and pleading, Oh, God, oh, God, do something. And God did. And he moved, listen, probably more preachers have had their ministries transformed in that one hour and a half service on Thursday night of our pastor school than any other hour or hour and a half in the history of this nation. Oh, you wouldn't believe the reports I get and the victory reports I get. And the service was ended and the preachers were crying and all over the place on their faces before God. And I wanted to get away. I wanted to get away. I wanted to get away. I didn't want to be with flesh and blood. I didn't want to conform with flesh and blood. Why? I wanted to go back where I got it and thank the giver that he gave it to me. And ran back to the office and just spent time with God. Now the thought is very simply this. We ought to delight to be with him. He delights to be with us. God wants to share with you in every phase of your life. When the shadows come and you face the surgeon's knife, he wants to be there. When you look in the casket and see the dearest of life lying in the casket lifeless, he wants to be beside you there. When you walk that, uh, that unsure step out to the silent city of the dead and you hear the thud of the dirt on the casket that contains your precious loved one, God wants to be with you there. When, you, when your doctor says you have a serious illness and you're going to have to have open heart surgery, God wants to be with you there. When the little baby you have contacts leukemia, God wants to be with you there. But he wants to be with you also in the sweet times. When the graduation diploma is still fresh in your hand, God wants to share that with you. And when the wedding is just uh, still fresh in your mind, God wants to share that with you. And when you're having the reception, God wants to share that with you. When you get your discharge from the army, God wants to share that with you. When you have the baby and you're, you're rejoicing and it's a boy, it's a girl, uh, God wants to share that with you. And when the time's routine and you wash the dishes, God wants to share that with you. And when you mow the yard, God wants to share that with you. When you go to work in the morning, God wants to share that with you. When you change the baby's diaper, uh, God wants to share that with you. I don't, but God does. He wants to share that with you. He wants to share it all. I wonder, have you forgotten God? Huh? Have you had a victory and rejoice with everybody but God? Have you had something sweet and precious happen and you spent time with everybody but God? Have you gone through the routine of the week and you haven't included God? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. <laughs> oh, that next line is so pretty. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. How about you?
Huh? How about you? How about your week? How about your life? Would you bow your heads, please? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder who would say tonight, Brother Hiles, I confess it. I confess it. I've lived my life lately without God. He's not shared with me the sweet. He's not shared with me the bitter. He's not shared with me the routine. He's not shared with me the special. I've just run my own mad way and forgotten God. I've not included Him in my life enough. I want God to forgive me and I want you to pray for me. Raise your hand, would you please? All over the house. <clears throat> all over the house. Who else? Way up high. Way up high. All over the house. All over the house. You can drop your hands. God bless you. Now, if you feel a need to come to the altar tonight and just talk to God and say, God, forgive me, I'm going to start start sharing everything, the myrrh and the honey and the milk and the spice, the bitter and the sweet and the routine and the special. You come. But wait a minute. I wonder who's here tonight. You'd say, with the house, I don't even know God. I don't even know that I'm saved, but I wish I did. I don't know that if I died, I'd go to heaven, but I wish I did. Pray for me. I want to be saved. Would you lift your hand, please? All over the building, quickly. Ray. Yes, God bless you. Who else? We up high. Who else? You don't know that you're saved, but you wish you did. God bless you. Who else? We up high. All right, tonight we're going to stand and sing in a minute. And if you want to know that you're going to heaven, I want you to leave your seat and come toward the aisle and come down the aisle to the front and let us show you how you can be saved. If you need to get baptized, by all means, you ought to get baptized as soon as you're saved. If you want to join this great church, you come by transfer of membership. Now, if you're coming for baptism or salvation or church membership, you come to the altar. We'll meet you here at the front. If you're coming to ask God to forgive you because you've not included him in the bitter and the sweet and the routine and the special, you can just kneel across the altar somewhere. Father, bless the invitation with thy sweetness and thy presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand, please? The choir is going to sing on the first stanza. If you don't know that you're saved, if you want to get baptized, if you want to join this church, you come. We'll meet you here. Or if you want to just say, Lord, forgive me, I've overlooked you. Come kneel across the altar somewhere as the dear Lord speaks to you. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.